0: This is the Pato O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Knicks looking for their 10th consecutive victory. They haven't won 10 games in a row since the 2012 2013 season. So it's been more than a decade since they've had a winning streak this long in their history. Let me count this real quick one, two, three, four, five, six. They've only had six streaks in their history of 10 wins in a row or more. So a win tonight. And the Knicks are in really rarefied air as an NBA franchise. one 800 919 is the number. Uh, will be difficult tonight against the Lakers because Quentin Grimes is out once again. And OG Ananobi is out once again as well. Darvin Ham, the head coach of the LA Lakers, is expected to be speaking right now. So uh, we await an update on both. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both listed as questionable for tonight's game at the garden. I'll just say this LeBron James, if he's able to walk and there's video on Instagram of him walking up the ramp inside the arena tonight. If LeBron James is able to walk, it's not really in his nature to miss a game at Madison square garden. We'll hear from LeBron coming up in the Knicks pregame show. His thoughts are on playing, underneath the bright lights and on this big stage of the world's most famous arena. The other thing to keep an eye on this week for the Knicks and for the rest of the NBA, the trade deadline is less than a week away. It's Thursday, February 8th at 3 p.m. And it's difficult to gauge right now because the Knicks rotation is not whole. If you think about it there, tonight, for the second game in a row, playing without four of their top eight players. If you figure their starting five, if everyone were healthy, is Brunson, DiVincenzo, Ananobi Randall, and Mitchell Robinson. Well, three of them are missing. And then their top three bench players, if everyone were healthy, would be Isaiah Hartenstein, Josh Hart, and Quentin Grimes. And Grimes is out. So the Knicks are playing tonight without four of their top eight players as they did on Thursday when they beat the Indiana Pacers. So you don't really have a great grasp of what this team's needs are right now. I mean, you do if you're in the Knicks front office, obviously, because I don't think any of these injuries, um, well, at least if pertaining to Ananobi and Hart, hopefully those two at least are are not, excuse me, not Hart, Grimes, Ananobi and Grimes, those are not thought to be long-term injuries for the Knicks. So so what does this Knicks team need? You know, the, the easy answer is, um, you know, depth at center in case Mitchell Robinson is not able to recover from the left ankle surgery, although there has been optimism in recent weeks that he will be able to do so. And then the other one is some playmaking and scoring ability off the bench, probably from the guard position, and a name that I've had in mind for several weeks since seeing him at the Garden in early January and kind of rotting away on a pretty bad team in Portland, is Malcolm Brogdon. And I don't think the cost for Brogdon would be prohibitive. Um, It would be probably similar in the same ballpark as what the Knicks gave up for Josh Hart last year. Probably a little bit more, because Brogdon last year was the sixth man of the year when he was a member of the Boston Celtics. Last year, the Knicks at the deadline got Hart for Cam Reddish and a first-round draft pick. It would be in that similar neighborhood. The player that they would send out would probably be Evan Fournier, which makes perfect sense because he's got – a salary that would match that of a Malcolm Brogdon who makes a decent amount of money. And then, of course, the question on top of that is how many picks you would have to attach. All that being said, the Knicks bench has played really well. And Monica McNutt, on our broadcasts in recent games, has made this point several times, and it's a good one and worth repeating. One of the silver linings of this recent rash of injuries, Randall and Ananobi and now Quentin Grimes, is all of the big-time experience playing important minutes that jericho sims precious achua and deuce mcbride have been getting and mcbride is the one who i want to focus on for the point of this conversation because if you're talking about a playmaking scoring guard deuce mcbride's shooting numbers this season all season long are absolutely off the charts i mean Early in the season, you could tell he had improved his three-point shot, but he wasn't really in the rotation. He was hitting a high percentage, but really only doing so in spot duty. But now McBride has played this season 36 games. He's played over 10 minutes a game, and he's shooting two-and-a-half three-pointers a a contest, and he's shooting them at a 45.6% clip. So it's becoming... More and more of a sample size, and and the more of a sample size it becomes, the more serious you actually take those numbers and think, wow, we really have somebody who can come off the bench, play really good hard-nose in-your-face defense, and on top of that, be a 46% shooter from downtown. So has that changed whatever thinking was going on in the Knicks front office in recent days? I don't know. But it's certainly something to consider. That's not necessarily something you thought you had a couple of weeks ago before McBride picked up such a prominent role in this rotation. Now, Brian Windhorst, who covers the NBA for ESPN, was on Barton Hahn earlier this week, asked if there were any big names that he wants to throw out there that the Knicks may be looking to trade for.
2: You're not ruining my weekend that way, man. There's There's no players in the NBA who are superstars that people don't know about. All the players that the Knicks would want, you know, you could guess. And the thing we know about the NBA is that it's everything's always changing. And that opportunity is one of the most important things to have. The the Knicks are in position when opportunity arrives.
1: All right. So he's not throwing out names there. Let's ask it a different way. What will the Knicks do at the trade deadline?
2: What they want to do is they don't want to close any doors. If they make a move, they want that move to keep all of their options open going forward. So that's why, you know, they trade for OG Ananobi. And yeah, they gave up a couple of good players in that deal, but it didn't close down any of their dream possibilities. So if they can acquire a player by not giving up any critical draft assets, like, you know, they have a couple of first round picks that are less valuable than the others. They have, I believe, nine tradable second round picks or eight tradable second round picks. If they can make a move, you know, using a couple of those second round picks, they can fortify their front line. Give them a better chance of reaching the two seed. I think they will, but you're not going to see a trade that impacts their flexibility going forward. And I'll even say, like, Evan Fournier, if they trade him, which I don't think is a certainty, I think it's possible, but if they trade him, I think it'll be for another player who's only got a short time left on his contract. And even if they don't trade Fournier, they're not going to buy him out. They're going to hold on to him because they might be able to trade him in the summer because they have an option on his contract next year. And, you know, so they are operating in two worlds right now. They are. Are operating in trying to compete at the moment and waiting for the whale coming in the future. And so, if they make a move before Thursday, it's going to satisfy both things, not one or the other.
1: All right, that was ESPN's Brian Windhorst, the guest this week on the Barton Hahn show here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Let's head out to the garden and bring in one of the co hosts of that show, Alan Hahn, on the call tonight for us, Knicks Lakers from the garden. Alan, what'd you take from that conversation earlier this week
0: with Wendy? I'll tell you what, I love the fact that he wouldn't give me names because, you know, he and I have been working together for you know over 20 years and we both know how that works. The minute you put names out there, what happens? It gets attributed to you and then everybody goes crazy. So he was smart not to do that. But you know, what I what I took from it was a couple of things. The first thing was we had talked about just the Knicks in general and he said that their the phrase he used was that their horizon is infinite. One, two, And I absolutely love that phrase because of what it suggests, and that is that with all the picks they have, with players who are under the age of 30, a core of them under the age of 30, and with a lot of possibilities now because there's a lot of excitement around this franchise, that there are infinite possibilities for them and what they can do going forward.
1: It's an interesting point because I've been thinking a lot about this, as we all have, obviously, what's going on with this team right now. Nine straight wins, looking for ten in a row tonight. And and the way they're set up with the roster construction and the assets that they do have, do you think the Knicks fans, who perhaps think a certain way, because let's be honest, before Tom Thibodeau got to New York, we know what had happened. There was not a ton of success the previous seven years. Do you think that Knicks fans, who are perhaps still conditioned from those years, need to refocus their expectations it seems like everybody's living in the moment and really enjoying this which they should but is there a bigger picture more sustained period of success
0: on the horizon for this team yes and I think that's exactly what Wendy and I were talking about and I think that's what he meant by the infinite you know the horizon infinite because it does tell you that this isn't and you know I'll go back to the 2013 season with the team that won 54 games and they had Carmelo Anthony on it an all-star Amari Stoudemire, Tyson Chandler was an all-star as well. And then they had a lot of the OGs. You know, they had Jason Kidd at 40, and and, uh, they had Rasheed Wallace with a bad foot, uh, about 38 years old at that time. And that was you knew, like, short-term. That wasn't something that was sustainable because of the age of the roster. That was a win-now, win-immediately, do-whatever-it-takes kind of team. This situation here, as I mentioned, with the core of the team all under the age of 30, You have, and then again, all the draft picks that they have to make other moves and the expiring contract you heard him talk about of of Evan Fournier is that you can do things to continue to add to this team while it is already a well-constructed roster to begin with. Health is the biggest concern to me, Pat, for this team as uh, we're seeing now in these last couple of games with now OG Ananobi out again uh, with Julius Randle's status that we're now waiting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Mitchell Robinson, waiting to see maybe by the end of the season, uh, and Quentin Grimes, who has been a rotation player now out again with uh, with the knee issue. So, to me, health is the only thing that can hold this team back from being successful this year. But when it comes to the next couple of years, sustainable success, I think this roster now is at that place where you can start believing in that.
1: Alan Hahn from the Garden, he's on the call for Knicks Lakers for us tonight. When you look at shows like Get Up and First Take, shows that I believe you're familiar with, Alan, um, a a topic (laughs) of conversation this week has been LeBron James potentially coming to New York. Let me ask you this. If the Knicks Uh weren't playing the Lakers tonight, would that even be a topic of conversation this week?
0: Yes. Hmm. Yes, it would. Because the trade deadline's next week, and he put out a hourglass emoji. And, Pat, we are, we're Pavlovian when it comes to LeBron and his tweets. We can't help it. As we know, it's just we're trained to it. The minute the bell rings, we start drooling for the treat. And that's just how it works. So that is why it is a topic. It only it, it coincides, of course, with him being in New York, so now it adds to it. But I am guilty of it for fun, for just, you know, again, like just for some, you know, from candy. Uh, the other day on the show, I brought up, the prospect of, well, you know what, if he's not happy there, if maybe, you know, they, uh, he doesn't like that, they don't have a lot of assets anymore. He's getting older, the clock is ticking. Maybe the hourglass is telling us as we try to decipher all this stuff, and he refused to elaborate on it this morning at the shoot around. But we just think, all right, maybe he's saying his time is up there. And so I just said, what if with all their draft picks, the Knicks look at what they have and say, bring him in now and see if he can be the difference maker to winning a championship closer than you thought. It's like Kawhi Leonard going to the Raptors. The Raptors were already a very good team. Then he went there, and they became a championship contender that won a title in one year. So could it happen? Could lightning strike twice? And that's why I brought it up. And then, of course, Stephen A. (laughs) took it a step further and practically begged him on first take (laughs) to consider it, which is what inspired Rich Paul, his agent who was with Clutch, to put out with my good friend Brian Windhorst a story that said he is not being traded, we're not asking for a trade. It's also because uh, Rich Paul is here in New York, and he was meeting with the Knicks, with Leon Rose, to discuss some issues that they've had with his agency Clutch doing business with the Knicks because of some past feuds. They wanted to squash that. But they're aware that if anybody saw the two of them anywhere together, the the speculation would get even higher. So they wanted to just squash it before it became anything. But we still had fun with it for a couple of days, didn't we?
1: (laughs) In that, I just want to ask this. This is kind of a sidebar. In that unlikely scenario that LeBron James would come to New York, do you think Stephen A would concede that
0: LeBron James is a bigger star than he is? (laughs) I think it's time for him to concede that Jalen Brunson is a (laughs) bigger star than he is. And I think he would be happy to do it. Because the Knicks have a, an all-star point guard for the first time since I graduated high school, and as you know from me, Pat, that's a long time ago. But you know, like it would be—you have to admit—you were in the I, yeah, you were you were in the building the other I was night. I right? You were here. Yeah, you were, were here for the Pacers game. Of course you were. So you you heard the building. I've I, like that was that was a moment, and I'm not even talking about after the game. I'm talking about that second half, that fourth quarter. Like, that was, that was something that you you just felt. Everybody who was at that game felt that. And that's why you get that vibe of this is really special. And as Wendy said to me in the interview when we talked, he said he can't for the life of him understand why a star wouldn't want to come here and be part of this because it, it really is not only a spectacle, but it's an experience. And so add LeBron who has always flirted with the idea of playing in New York you know I mean just it gives you a moment to at least think about it but they had to throw the wet blanket on it so you know five more we days Stay where we are
1: five more days till the deadline <laughs> yeah are, are um, you saying
0: are you saying there's still a chance <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance well I'll tell you what, it'll be interesting tonight Pat to see how the, yeah. the the Garden Faithful receive LeBron because throughout his 20 years in the league this it has gone many different ways he was once a an icon here that I remember when the Knicks had started to tear up their roster to get ready for 2010 there was a game where a fan ran onto the court just to hug him like they he was getting adulation like very few opponents do in this building then he went to the heat and he became a villain and then those were he's getting booed all the time and all that stuff So it's gone back and forth and back and forth. I'm curious with all the the Knicks being, you know, where they are right now and how they're rolling and they've got Jalen Brunson and there's a love affair happening with this city and this team. I'm curious. And then LeBron and that, you know, idea of, no, I'm not asking for a trade. I'm not going to be traded. Will the crowd try to entice him into changing his mind? I'm really curious to see the mood tonight with LeBron on this court yeah we'll see if they're in their salesman phase tonight
1: trying to coerce (laughs) him here to new york but
0: you
1: know thursday night was special i was thinking that and i've been asked this by a couple of people what the atmosphere was like i mean to me that was and we've had some great moments i mean we remember the miami game on black friday coming from behind 21 down to beat the heat i I feel that thursday i feel that thursday was the loudest
0: most vociferous it's been do you feel the same way I know for a fact, and here's why. So, you know, a lot of people have Apple Watches like I do. My wife got it for me, and it's it's nice because now I can never miss a text, which, <laughs> as you know, <laughs> we get many of them. But it also alerts you when its hazardous noise is in the area, if it's around you, and it warns you. So it says loud environment, and it, it's it, it just comes up as an alert. In that, And, and I've, I wear this watch every game. It's never happened to me. I've never gotten those alerts that game I got four of them that's all I need to tell you yeah like when you talk about the type of like how the building was getting and in that second half four times four times the last one was when I was on the court with Jalen yeah and that one my my, my wrist was buzzing but I wasn't going to pay any attention (laughs) to my watch at that moment that was too special
1: we we were we played that clip earlier um when, when you're in the did that catch you off guard him getting as emotional as he did when you were speaking with him
0: a little bit. I mean, I thought he was going to be a little more feisty because of how the game ended, how physical it was, and how tough. And, you you know, you just saw how fired up he was. So I opened it with, as you heard, you know, I, about the prize fight thing because I thought I was looking at him. He had tape on his hands. He was sweating. His eye was a little puffy. And I was like, you know, man, I was like a prize fight. I thought he'd, be, he'd have a little bit of fire in his voice. But then he's, he was kind of just taken aback because how loud the crowd was cheering and they were chanting MVP. And so I went right to the eyes. Like, all right, never mind that. Let's get right to the all-star stuff. I saw his eyes were welling up. And I paused and I let it – because I said, I want that tear to drop. You know, like that's mm-hmm. all I was thinking. I'm like, I, I want that tear. Like just give it a second and let's see if that tear drops. And then he wiped his eyes. And I, later on when I saw him afterwards that we were talking after the game – and I just said, you, you, "You robbed me of a moment." I thought there was a tear there. He goes, "No, there wasn't." I was like, "No, no, no, there was a tear there." Come on now, <laughs> I was like, "There were tears," but, but it it, it it wasn't that I was taken aback. I was more just so um, I, I really enjoyed the moment, you know. And I think a lot of the fans did because you could just see the how much he was finally allowing himself to bask in it just for a second. Because as you know, with him, he doesn't talk about himself. He doesn't like to, and he doesn't spend a lot of time focusing on all the stuff that comes with growing into being a star he's very stoic when it comes to that stuff but in that moment he just allowed himself to to, to take it in and uh, and that was pretty cool let, let me leave it on him because it was such an incredible night for brunson
1: it started with him being named an all-star which we all expected but when it officially came through and then acknowledged mm. by the crowd that was special but the way that the pacers played him they were really physical, and I, I think yes. we're starting to see this. I, the Dallas game sticks out when they guarded him yep. 94 feet. Josh Green. Yep, yeah. exactly right, and they lost that game, and that was one of his tougher games this season. Yep. The way – and, and I thought towards the end of the second quarter on Thursday, he was seeing red because they mm-hmm. were letting a lot go,
0: the referees were.
1: And then, of course
0: – He got hit in the face with 201. If two seconds later, that would have been on the last two-minute report. I would have loved to have seen that. Oh, well, but how because, do you deny that? <laughs> that
1: and, and that's the moment I want to. That's the moment I want to bring to when he gets hit in the face, and then they pick the ball up and they dunk it, and all of a sudden, the Garden vision showing the replay like four or five times. Oh. The crowd's going crazy. He's going crazy. All of a sudden, the Knicks are losing. But Allen, the response by him out of the timeout yes. to take the ball to the basket, draw yep. contact, finish, and then the reaction. Just take me through what you thought about
0: that whole scenario i thought of and and it's you know again the, the timing of this is uh, apollo creed you know obviously carl weathers you know rest his soul i thought of the rocky movies and i thought of the moment when rocky is fighting clubber lang and he's letting him hit him and 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 uh, apollo says to paulie he's like he's getting killed and then Paulie says, he's not getting killed, he's getting mad. Yep. And thats I thought of that right away because Jalen, as you said, comes out of the timeout. You know, a couple of times he was hitting himself in the face during stoppages, like looking at the ref, like, I'll hit my, I'm getting hit so much tonight, I mean, what's the difference? He drives to the basket, he takes the contact, he's like, I'm going right at you, come hit me again. Uh, it, it's not affecting me. He drives right at him, and then he knows he drew the sixth foul and he turns to the crowd and he goes get him out of here like that was such a moment and it just showed you with all his skill with all his unselfishness with his team play with his personal, he is at the foundation one of the toughest sobs you're gonna see in this league and nick's fan he's all your nick's fans he's all
1: yours right now your <laughs> yes. all-star jalen brunson enjoy him Um, and enjoy this game tonight. I know you will, Alan, on the call with John Giannone. We have pregame coming up at 8 o'clock. I'll talk to you during then. Should be a fun night at the Garden. Thanks for hopping on. You got it, Pat. All right, Alan Hahn from MSG. Uh, Knicks Lakers, 8.30 tip, 8 o'clock pregame. Your calls when we come back, 1-800-919-3776. Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN
1: game of the week, nationally televised, but of course you can hear it here on 98.7 ESPN New York. I'll have your pregame coverage beginning at the top of the hour. Get a few more calls in. Great chatting with Alan Hahn to set the scene from Madison Square Garden. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-ESPN. If you want to chat, let's go to Manny in Flushing. What's up, Manny?
3: Hey, man, how you doing?
1: I'm great, Manny. How are you?
3: Good, good, good. Can't, can't wait for the game tonight. Um, Listen, I'm, I'm a little bit – I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but I'm a little disappointed that OG ain't playing uh, because it's why right, elbers of information. I mean, uh, look, I hope he does come back and play because we kind of need him because, listen, even though we were winning good, but I wish that he we could have we come back sooner because I just hope that it's not as serious as we, we all thought it was.
1: No question about it. And if you look, Manny, and thanks for the call at the history of OG Ananobi, this is his fourth consecutive missed game. He was a rookie in 2017-18, played a full season, then 74 games. But that was the only time in his career that he has played at least 70 games. Now, one of those years, 2019-20, he played 69 games. That was the year that the um, season was suspended due to the pandemic. But he played 67 games. 69 in 2021. He played 43 games in 2022. He played 48 last year. He played 67 and this year he's played in 41 games. So he is a guy who has missed time, not a huge chunk of time during his career, but he has missed pockets of time due to injuries pretty consistently throughout the first seven seasons of his career. So we'll see. Look, the Knicks are one of the teams that, historically, under Tom Thibodeau anyway, are least affected by injuries. I mean, the Knicks play. Isaiah Hartenstein played 82 games last season, uh, until recently had never missed a game as a Knick. Julius Randle, over the last five years, there's maybe five or six players in the entire NBA who have missed fewer games than he has. Jalen Brunson, despite the... Physical toll that his brand of play takes on his body, plays every single game. Even the Knicks who left quickly played. R.J. Barrett played every single game. So, look, it's four games. They've gone 3-0 and without him. Um, they've played well without him. Precious Achua has really stepped into that role. Josh Hart has really stepped into that role. And we'll see. I mean, you don't get a lot of injury update detail from Tom Thibodeau and his press conferences. I wasn't there tonight because I was talking with you, but what I'm sure he said was he's day-to-day, and he's getting closer because that's generally what Tom Thibodeau says when asked questions such as that. Let's go to Ron in Westchester. Ron, what's going on?
3: All right, Pat. I uh, enjoyed the interview with Alan Hahn. I can listen to um, his take uh, interviewing Jalen after the game the other night, all day and night. What I can't listen anymore to however is this lebron talk i'm I'm sick and tired it is just nauseating lebron had his chance it was 13 and a half years ago to be the king of new york to restore this franchise to relevancy and he passed up on it he could have played here for 41 plus games a year and he chose to be a second fiddle down in south beach and the fact that there's even talk of him coming to new york is casting a negative shadow on all the greatness that this team has accomplished this year. And um, it's just really unfortunate because uh, even if he were to come to New York, and even if he were to gel and the chemistry were to work, it still perpetuates the narrative that he wants to be a second fiddle, in that case, the Jalen Brunson. And quite frankly, as a Knicks fan, in my entire life, 37 and a half years, I'd rather not win a championship at all with LeBron James on a team, if that's what it's going to be. If, if, if it means that if for, for me to have a championship in my lifetime, if LeBron James is going to be on the team, I'd rather not win one. Because that's how the teams in the 90s, when things were done the right way, would go on. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, these guys did not like the other opponents. They weren't friends with them. And I'd rather go for the rest of my life without a championship than to win one with LeBron James on his team at this point.
1: Ron, let me. That's a strong take by a fan, and it's not one that I necessarily agree with. Let me ask you this How do you view, and Alan used this as an example, how do you view the 2019 Toronto Raptors Championship?
3: Kawhi Leonard did not have a chance to go to the Raptors before the 2019. So for you, it comes
1: down to LeBron not choosing to come to the Knicks in 2010.
3: Right. I don't want LeBron James at 39 years of age coming to a team that's already gelling, that's already doing things it hasn't done in 25 years. And it's, it's quite frankly, it's insulting to the current players when you have guys like Alan Hahn and other people out there who are perpetuating this, this Stephen A. Smith, this, this, this rumor that had no legs on it to begin with. Right. It's just undermining all the great things that this current team is doing. It's insulting. If I'm a Nick. And if I'm in that locker room and I'm hearing these guys talk about these unsubstantiated rumors, I'm offended. I'm insulted. It's just, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm like, it is just ridiculous that, that this is even being talked about when this team is achieving such amazing, unprecedented, and 25-year success.
1: Ron, thanks for the call. Appreciate your views. Let me say a couple things. Number one, LeBron was never the second fiddle in Miami. In fact, uh, Dwayne Wade tried to make him the second fiddle when LeBron got there, and they lost the championship their first year. And then Wade was given an immense amount of credit for doing something before their second year together, which he should have done before his first year together. And that was make it clear that it's LeBron's team. And only when Wade did that... Did LeBron feel comfortable to step into the leading role, which he should have had the entire time, and then they started winning championships. So that's number one. Number two, LeBron James at 39 years old, coming to New York to be a quote-unquote second fiddle. At 39, not the worst thing in the world. I don't think that is a knock or a shot on his legacy at all. Um, Number three, I don't disagree with the caller's point that this is taking some shine away from what the Knicks have accomplished so far. The one thing I'll say about that is come Thursday at 3 p.m., that conversation stops. It was the perfect storm this week of the Lakers coming to New York for this huge game at Madison Square Garden tonight. They have not met the expectations that were there for them so far. They're a 500 team after they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They're at the Garden tonight. The trade deadline happens to be Thursday afternoon. It was a perfect storm for all of this conversation to drum up. And if you don't like how people like Stephen A. Smith or Alan Hahn handle it, all I'll say is this. Stephen A. Smith has a two-hour show every day where he needs to talk about topics that are of interest to people. Alan Hahn, along with Bart here on ESPN New York, has a three-hour show every day where they have to do the same thing. You know what people are interested in talking about? Basketball fans and sports fans are interested in talking about? There are about thousands of research reports that show this. They enjoy talking about LeBron James. Whether for better or for worse, positive or negative, LeBron James is a topic that people enjoy consuming. And LeBron James knows that. And his team knows that. This is None of this is coincidental. This is all clearly and pointedly orchestrated coming out this week before this game and before the trade deadline. I do think it's much ado about nothing. The other thing is, as far as disrespect to players in the locker room goes, a LeBron James trade, if it were ever to come to reality, a LeBron James to New York trade would be centered around draft picks. It wouldn't be centered around – because here's the thing where the Knicks are right now, and, and you're even show, you're even seeing this with the attrition that this – team is experiencing in recent weeks. Ananobi out for a four straight game today. Randall out for a four straight game and the foreseeable future. Uh, Quinton Grimes out for a second straight game today. They're still missing the starting center and Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks aren't used to being one of those teams so severely affected by injuries. So far, through three games, they've been able to withstand it. But as far as it pertains to the trade deadline, the Knicks' focus not only needs to be as it was on adding another playmaker, scorer-type player off the bench, the Knicks also need to add some depth. And when you're a team that needs to add depth, you can't be trading some of your already existing depth. You know, the Knicks, when Grimes is back, when Ananobi's back, Tom Thibodeau goes, we know, with a nine-man rotation. And I don't think that it benefits the Knicks to trade any of their top eight players, whether It's obviously a Josh Harp, whether it's a Precious Achua, whether it's a um, Quentin Grimes off the bench or anybody from the starting lineup. They're not on the table anyway to be traded because the Knicks do have it going right now. And the last thing I'll say about LeBron James, his style of play. And again, this is very, very unrealistic that it's going to happen. But now we're talking about it because everybody else has been talking about it this week. The one thing I'll say about LeBron James, his style of play, he can fit in with anyone. He can. On this team, he'll find a way to fit in. He will. 1-800-919-3776. Some closing thoughts on the Knicks and the Lakers tonight at the Garden leading into Knicks pregame here on 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. All
1: right, a few more minutes together. Pat keep with you, 98.7 ESPN New York. I'll uh, stick around at 8 o'clock for New York Knicks game night. The Knicks and the Lakers coming up from Madison Square Garden. No OG Ananobi, Julius Randle, Quentin Grimes, and of course Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks tonight as they take on the Lakers for the second and final time this season. You look at the Eastern Conference standings, and it's been... A pretty steady climb for the Knicks since the calendar turned to 2024. They started the year at 17-15. and 15. They've gone 15-2 and two since OG Ananobi joined the starting lineup, even though he was not on the floor for any of their last three victories. But at 32-17, and 17, they've vaulted all the way to third place in the Eastern Conference. It's still tight, though. The Knicks are just in a better position than they were earlier this season. But they're right on the heels of Milwaukee a half game behind the Bucks, and the Cavaliers who continue to keep pace with the Knicks are just a half game behind them in fourth place. And then Philadelphia, which has the whole Joel Embiid meniscus injury in his knee situation to deal with. They're still standings wise in the hunt at 30 and 17 and one full game behind the Knicks. So if you look at spots two, three, four and five, Milwaukee, the Knicks, Cleveland, and Philadelphia, those four teams are separated by just a game and a half in the standings. And, you know, with Boston being what it is, and the Celtics, yes, they've dropped a couple of games at home in the last few weeks after it looked for the first half of the season that they might have a chance to run the table on their home floor. They're still a robust 22-3 and at home. They will likely have home court advantage against whomever they face, at least in the Eastern Conference, and probably – in the NBA Finals, should they advance that far. That means if you can get up to the three spot, you would avoid Boston, which you probably want to do as long as possible, until the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's where the Knicks reside right now. That's where the Bucs reside right now as the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, just ahead of the Knicks. So uh, that's where they stand right now. Um, You're probably looking at Precious Achua and Josh Hart continuing and remaining in the starting lineup for the Knicks tonight. And we'll see if they can go 10 in a row. The 2012-2013 team that went 54-28, and 28, won the Atlantic Division title, won the first round of the playoffs against the Celtics, and then lost in six in the second round to the third-seeded Indiana Pacers. That team won 13 consecutive games. That was the last time that the Knicks franchise had a winning streak of 10 games or more, something they can change tonight. This right now, their nine-game winning streak, is already their third nine-game winning streak since Tom Thibodeau took over as the head coach. And it was an interesting conversation earlier this hour with Alan Hahn, and he referenced points that he and Brian Windhorst have both made. And I do think it's part of a larger discussion for this Knicks team because this season... And not trying to temper expectations or hopes by any stretch right now. Knicks fans should be, and I believe are, enjoying every minute of this. But this is not a scenario where it's win now or this is your only chance to win big. When you look at the fact that Julius Randle's 29 years old and Jalen Brunson's in his mid-20s and the core and the rotation of this team are all in their mid-20s, mid-20s or younger, and nobody on this team is making $30 million a year in salary, not yet anyway, but Randall is coming up, and Brunson is coming up, and OG Ananobi is coming up after this season, so that's going to change. But at this moment, nobody on the team is even making a salary of $30 million or more. They have all of their first-round draft picks, a bunch of second-round draft picks, and they have additional first-round draft picks from other teams through trades that they have engineered in recent years so the Knicks can go a lot of different ways and I do think that the biggest reason for the Knicks being set on the course they have been over the last four years has been the head coach Tom Thibodeau he came in in 2020 the offseason leading into the 2021 season And he completely changed the culture of this team, brought them to the playoffs their first year where they overachieved. And that was evident in the playoff series when they lost in five to Atlanta. And then the next year, even when they had struggle after struggle after struggle in the middle of the year, they never bottomed out. In fact, they got better towards the end of the season and were playing their best basketball at the end of the season. Last year, win a playoff series for the first time win 47 games, and now here you are at 32-17 and in the third spot right now in the Eastern Conference. If Tom Thibodeau is the biggest reason, you have to give an increasing amount of credit to Leon Rose, the team president. And this is relevant because we are less than five days away from the NBA trade deadline on Thursday, February 8th at 3 p.m. But if you look at Leon Rose's track record of in-season trades – since he became team president of the Knicks in March of 2020. His first full season in charge on Super Bowl Sunday, they acquired Derrick Rose from the Pistons. Rose came to New York, stabilized the bench, became one of the three finalists for sixth man of the year. And when they got into the playoffs against the Hawks and the Atlanta defense was focusing all of its attention on Randall, And Barrett had trouble getting going in the playoffs. And Reggie Bullock had trouble getting going in the playoffs. It was Derrick Rose who was the Knicks' leading scorer. Last year, right before the trade deadline, the Knicks acquired Josh Hart, who, stop me if you've heard this phrase before, just seemed like a perfect fit inside the Knicks' rotation. Fit like a glove. Gave them exactly what they needed. And the Knicks responded once Josh Hart played his first game. The Knicks won nine in a row before they finally dropped one. And that brings us to this year and the trade just before New Year's Eve, acquiring Ananobi with Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn from the Toronto Raptors. And all of the things that were said about Hart last year have been said about Ananobi this year, but kind of on steroids a little bit because Ananobi in the starting lineup playing huge minutes holds an even more prominent role. And he raised the ceiling of this Knicks team. So are the Knicks done? I don't know. But as you, you know, get uh, head into trade deadline week, less than five days from now, I do think there's a lot of reason to have confidence in Leon Rose having his finger on the pulse of what this team needs. But the bottom line is tonight, it's the Knicks and the Lakers. And unlike in years past, this is an event This is the marquee event on the NBA schedule tonight, not because of LeBron James, not because the Lakers and their legions of fans worldwide are in town, not even because this game is being played inside the world's most famous arena. This game is the biggest event on the NBA schedule tonight because the Knicks are the hottest team in the NBA, with one of the ascending stars in the entire league leading the way, with this rabid fan base behind them. So enjoy it. I'll be back after the break with Nick's pregame here on 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN.